Welcome to River of Life, and thank you for listening to this message today. If you enjoy this message, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or friend. Also, visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. I'd like to invite Stephanie Moresco to the stage to, to join me. And she has a testimony that we want you to hear this morning. And uh, she's excited about this. I am too. We have prayed. When I say we have prayed long and hard about this testimony, we have. She and I started talking about this. Stephanie, if you'll take that mic over there. And uh, let me make sure it's on. All right, it's on. You can be seated there. Uh, We started talking about this about six months ago. And we knew that there would come a time when she would be on this stage and she would share uh, this testimony. We feel like the timing is right. And I I just want to, before she begins, she's going to read something to you. And then I'm going to ask her some questions. But I want you to know that her husband, Lloyd, is back here in the back. Wave at everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her beautiful children are, are in the nursery. And, um, and this is a, a beautiful family. But there is a history. And, and by the way, how many of you have a history? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. There's a history. And by the way, the history, your history, your story of how God brought you from where you were to where you are, that's your testimony. So we're going to hear a testimony today. So, Stephanie, why don't you read, and then I will ask you a few questions. Yes, sir. I'm a little nervous. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. So if you all say a little prayer for me, I appreciate it. Um, I just want to say good morning, church family, and just let you guys know that um, I'm thankful to, to be here and share a glimpse of what the Lord has done for me um, through his son, Jesus Christ. Before the Lord, I can't think of a time life wasn't often based on feelings. Um, Untrustworthy feelings would lead me to false ideas about what and who could rescue me from myself. I can say I was loved, but before Jesus, I didn't know what love was. I thought I did, but it's, it's different now. I was searching and seeking for something I knew nothing about. This hunt led me into a homosexual relationship. And I found to be, and I fought to be there, dismissing everything I knew to be true about God. Honestly, I don't know how I did it. I filled my life with so many simple and pleasurable distractions and was thereby adding to what was already more than enough baggage. But Christ came along and took all of my baggage upon himself. All of it. I'll never forget the day he saved me. I went to church, head down. And through the pastor's preaching, my eyes were open to truths like that made clear in Romans 126 and 27. That God is not pleased with sin and desires better for me. My heart was racing. I said yes to his call and the tears flowed. I think that was the first time I cried in years. He took my baggage, forgave me of all my sin and set me free from its power. 
In that moment, I felt the true rescue of Jesus. He is so good. I was adopted and loved as his own. My life had never been the same. Through tough times and my journey in the Lord, I'm here. I'm here to tell you that he is able and will rescue you from yourself if you let him. Yes, the tough times still happen, but they're different now. Because Christ is with me and I look to him for help. The Lord has truly blessed not only me, but also my family. Seeking by his grace to live according to his truths has been a, a true blessing. And I am thankful for that. Amen. <clears throat> now, if I understand your testimony, you were, you were looking for acceptance. Yes. You were looking for love. Yes. And because you turned away from things that you knew to be right and mm -hmm. true, you found yourself going down a pathway that you should not have been going down. Okay. And that's what led you into homosexuality. Yes. And, and I, I would say, Stephanie, that um, all of us are looking for acceptance and we're looking for love. Mm -hmm. But you certainly don't want to look in the wrong place. So let me ask you a, a couple personal questions. Mm -hmm. How long were you involved in homosexuality? Um, four or five years. And then um, as a Christian... I struggled for a little bit of time, but it was, it was definitely different. Okay. All it right. was definitely different. So, um, when you were there, mm -hmm. when you were there in that place, I call it bondage when you, cause that's what sin is. Sin is bondage. Mm -hmm. When you were there, tell us a little bit about how you felt. When I was lost and in sin in that relationship, um, I felt moments of, happy, but it wasn't joy. It was, it was, you know, like, okay, you know, this is good. But then when the next day came and it was light, it was like I was in hiding. Yeah. I didn't want anybody to know. So I wasn't really happy. That was just kind of an idea that came to mind. Um, I was, I felt alone. I felt scared. I felt, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know. I knew there was a reason why I was hiding and I just didn't know how to talk about it or how to come out of it. So I just, I thought I was settling in it just to let's, let's fast yeah. forward a little bit. So, um, uh, and she and I've been talking for six months about this now. So your family kind of coerced you into going to church. Yes. Pressure. Absolutely. You. you didn't want to be there. No, but you were there. I was there. There. Woo. Sometimes yeah. you need to make people come to church who don't want to come to church. I'm just saying. Okay. It was a rough ride, but I'm here. I'm still at church. So, so you were at church and the pastor that day, uh, obviously addressed homosexuality. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm trying to hide from God's truth because I didn't know it was God's truth. I just knew I was somewhere where like everything was being seen. Like I just couldn't hide there. And, um, all I heard and saw, he pointed and, and pastors point when they talk, right? So he pointed and I was like, Oh no, that's me. <laughs> and he pointed and he was like, homosexuality is a sin. Now he, he expounded a little more on that. It was more than that, but that's what I heard. 
And I was like, oh, okay. So I just immediately sunk in my chair, got on my knees. I don't even know how I got on my knees. I was just down on the ground sobbing. Everything around me was a whirlwind. Um, All I knew was I was crying in Jesus. All I could think about was Jesus and crying. And, you know, even hours later, I had gone to lunch with some friends. And I, I didn't know what. I just knew something changed. Something yeah. was different. It was a, it was a matter yeah. of the heart. Now, I, I think that sometimes we're guilty of listening to the enemy when it comes to taking a stand about what's right and wrong and what's sinful and what's holy. But uh, in this situation, because sometimes we'll be convinced, uh, we invite somebody to church and then the pastor gets up and deals with whatever the problem is in that person's life. But you got confronted the Holy Spirit tendered your heart, and you melted. You broke, and, and you, turned, you turned to Christ. And so um, the encouragement is if you know somebody who is in sin, not necessarily homosexuality, but any kind of bondage, get them into church. Pressure them to come to church. It does worry, work. Worry them. <laughs> worry them into the kingdom of God. And that so, happened. Yeah. And, and so, uh, now, without going into detail, how long did it take you from that Sunday that you were in church until you were completely free of this? Just, just timeline. We won't go into details. I can't do the math right now. Just My guess. Husband. Okay, so... I got saved was it in a day? Was it a week? Was it oh, a it month? was years. It w- okay. A process. Now, it wasn't the same the whole way, but it was a sanctification So a sanctifi- it took a while, but that's yes. where the journey started. Yes. And, and, uh, and I tell people all the time, there is no such thing as a leap into spiritual mm-hmm. maturity. That you start somewhere and you battle and you fight. And so it was several years, yes. obviously. But with that being said, it was a battle and a fight. For the right side. And Christ was on your side. Yes. Yes. Now, I've got one last thing I want to ask you. And that is, if there's some, I know of of an individual right now, um, a young adult who uh, is being pressured when it comes to homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's highly confidential. But um, uh, let's just assume somebody here, some young person, maybe even some adult, and they're, they're feeling temptation or inclination uh, into homosexuality, what would you say to them? You have what advice to, would you give them? You have to be transparent, no matter how hard it is. Um, you mean get honest with somebody? Get honest Tell with somebody, somebody who loves cool. the Lord. Not yes. just anybody. Somebody yeah. who loves the Lord. If they're yeah. sitting in this church, they know people. Okay. They have to, no matter what their reaction may be, it doesn't matter. But the enemy uses the hiding place. He uses it. And you just, you've got to get out. Wait, did you hear that? The enemy uses the hiding place. Whatever you're hiding. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and there's an expression we use around our office all the time that integrity does not mind investigation. If, If there's integrity, you don't mind investigation. And, and so part of integrity, and I'll bet you, Steve, where are you? I'll bet you that's where we're going with this men's program, is integrity, where, where we don't have any hidden agendas or hidden areas. And so what are your final comments? 
I love Jesus. I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited to be part of his kingdom and I'm thankful that he's brought me to where I am. And you know, it's looking back, I'm like, how did I even get here? There's only one answer. That's right. I don't, I don't know how I got out of it. I don't know where I went from that day when I was at lunch and had no idea which way to go. He, he leads me. I step into his, his presence, but he leads me. Yeah. So, uh, I said that was my last question, but I do have one more. Uh, I'm a talker. It's okay. Yeah, no, that's it. So if somebody in this church had a family member, a friend, or an acquaintance that was struggling in this area in a very confidential manner where, where you know, it would just be you and them, if they were to come to you, <clears throat> would you would you be willing to minister in that situation and share your testimony? Absolutely. Okay. And um, the question comes up, too, is how do you love someone, we'll say any sin, not even just homosexuality, but any sin. How do you love someone who's in sin? You love them by not compromising your faith. You don't compromise your wow. faith, and they, they see that. <clears throat> so. Wow. Bless your heart. Can I pray for you? Yes, please. Congregation is going to join me. Father, we thank you for our sister. We thank you for the, uh, how brave she's been. We thank you, Father, that there's no hidden area. We thank you that she has uh, testified to the goodness of God, how you brought her out of this bondage and into a beautiful, beautiful lifestyle and family. Thank you, Father, for what you've done for Stephanie. I pray, Father, that her testimony will help others um, to be delivered and restored. And I pray, Father, that you'll continue to use Stephanie and her entire family and your kingdom work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Join me, church. Wow. Well, I've got a question for you. And I want you to, I want you to see an, an acronym, and I want you to tell me if you know what it means. Pull it up. Anybody know what that means? Say it out loud. Garbage in, garbage out. That's what it means. That is a computer science term that means that if you put garbage or flawed data into a computer, that's what you will get out. Another statement is rubbish in and rubbish out. A more formal way of saying it is this way. The integrity of the output is dependent on the integrity of the input. Now, What's interesting about this is, you may wonder why I would pull this up, but what's interesting about this is God's word said this a long time ago. Thousands of years ago, God made it clear that if you want good stuff flowing out of your life, you have to stop the inflow of filth and garbage. You have to guard your heart and your mind. Here it is. Please write this down. Proverbs 4.23. <clears throat> Guard your heart above all else, for it determines, say it with me, the course of your life. 
Now that is an amazing, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What goes in will determine the course of your life. We have to guard our hearts and our minds. And I think if that verse uh, was ever to be taken seriously, it's in this day and time in which we live. Because we're being bombarded with all kinds of stuff. We have to guard our hearts and our minds. Did you notice the three words, above all else? Above all else. Do you know what above all else means? It means above all else. That's what it means. It means that's priority number one. It means nothing is more important than this. Uh, one version of the Bible says it, says it this way. With all diligence. You do it with all diligence. And, and in other words, guard your heart with all diligence above everything else. And friends, what that means is, is this is an area in life where we need to focus and we need to fight. And that is so important that we focus and fight right at this area. I felt a strong leadership from the Holy Spirit to say what I'm about to say. And somebody here needs this, friends. You cannot read your Bible enough. You cannot pray enough. You can't come to church enough. You can't listen to enough sermons. You can't come to the altar and pray enough to compensate for failure in this area. If you are not guarding your heart, oh, friends, if you are not guarding your heart, I want you to know that the enemy is having his way with you in so many ways. And you're having struggles that you really should not have. You have to guard your heart. I, I don't know any other way to do this except just to be forthright. And that is, if you are reading filth, I don't care if it's on Facebook, I don't care if it's a novel, I don't care if you're reading filth, if you're watching filth on television, if you're looking at filth on your computer, if you are listening to filth, by the way, friends, Music can be filthy. If you're listening to filth, if you are hanging around filth, let me be more specific. If you're hanging around filthy people with filthy habits that are living ungodly lives, then I want you to know you can say what you want. You can come to church every Sunday, but you are not guarding your heart and your mind. In fact, what is happening is this. You are opening your head and your heart like a wide open garbage can for the world to dump its filth and garbage. That's what you're doing. And, and, and the word of God says above all else, above everything else, you have to guard your heart. You have to do something about your heart. I'm asking you, have you let your guard down? Uh, Brother Derek preached last week on, on compromise, making little concessions. Have you let your guard down? You see, friends, we have a responsibility, and it is our responsibility to guard our hearts. 
Uh, those of you who have been around me very much, you know that I have a, a love for poetry. I love poetry. From the time I was a young man, uh, I would read poetry. And when I would run across a poem that I loved, I'd commit it to memory. I know dozens of poems by heart. But a while back, I read a poem. And I tell you, I believe more than any other poem I've ever read in my life, this poem touched me. And I started quoting it every day of my life, and it has made a huge difference in me. I'm going to share it with you, and um, if you'll let me know, I'll send you a copy of it. But here's the way it goes. It says, you are the keeper of the keys. You are the guard at the gate. Waiting in line to get through that door is love and also hate. In line to enter is gentle peace. And also violent war. You must choose who may and who may not come through that door. Intolerance tries to slip on through on wings of fear and pride. It hides behind dreams of belonging and tries to sneak inside. Oh, be alert. You are the guard who must decide who goes and who may stay. You are the keeper of the keys to your mind. Who will you let in today? Oh, child of God, listen. You have a responsibility. You have a God-given, God-ordained responsibility to guard your mind, to guard your mind, to guard your heart, to put a guard up. You cannot be open to the world. So I ask you one more time. Are you guarding your heart? Have you let your guard down? Or has your heart and mind become a garbage dump for the world's filth? And it's getting worse every day, isn't it? It's getting horrible. Which one? I tell you today, you are the one who holds the keys. You're the one who holds the remote. You're the one who can click in or click out. You're the one who can hit the delete button and never return. You're the one who can say, no, I'm not going to let that filth and that poison in my body again. You're the one who can draw a line in the sand. You're the one who can say thus far and no more. You're the one who can shut the door to the enemy and say, I'm dead to that. You're the one under the leadership of the Holy Spirit who can identify a test when it shows up and you can pass the test for the glory of God. You are the one. You see, you are the one who must decide. God won't do it for you. He will help you, praise God. Stephanie, say amen. He will help you. He'll come alongside of you. He'll put his angels, his ministering spirits. He'll orchestrate meetings and, and put you in right situations. But you have to decide. Guard your heart above all else. You have to do that. I have to do that. I, I'm, I'm really trying to put you on the spot today. 
Are you guarding your heart? Because I can tell you, friends, if you are not guarding your heart, then that means you have no standards. I heard somebody say one time, if you won't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And I fear that the church of Jesus Christ all across America is failing. And people are coming to church, but they don't have a guard. They don't have a filter. They don't have a standard. They're not standing and saying, no, if you are not guarding your heart, then, friends, you have no standards. And if you have no standards, listen up, you have no guard. And if you're not guarding your heart, don't miss this now, because somebody needs this today. If you're not guarding your heart, you will not and you cannot change the course of your life. How do I know that? Because what comes in is what goes out. Garbage in, garbage out. You have to guard your heart and your mind because out of it flow the real issues of life. The course of your life is determined by what you let into your heart. Read the words of Jesus. Jesus gave a whole list of sins in the Bible. And he says, those sins don't come from without. Those sins come from within. You see, it got into your heart before it got into your behavior. You, you, you have to put a guard up there. I know Christians, quite a few Christians, who want things to change. But they don't know how to change. They don't know where to start. Friends, I'm going to tell you, here's where you start. You stop the inflow of the garbage and the trash and the filth of this world. You stop it right there. That's where you start. And by the way, when you get that filth out, then you can start growing in grace, but not until. It it, it sounds radical. I know this is not a popular message, but I got to tell you, I've been around a lot of people who want the filth of the world and the holiness of God at the same time. Won't work. I've been around people who can't. Why why can't I grow? Why can't I get? You've got to stop the flow of the filth that's coming into your heart and life. And I tell you, I get up every morning. I've been, I've been doing this for a while now. I get up every morning. It's a wonderful thing. And I say, I'm the keeper of the keys. I'm the guard at the gate. Uh, I know a lot of things are trying to get through that door. No, no. Oh, friends. Isn't it time we take a stand? Isn't it time we do something? Um. This takes me way back, but I, it's an illustration. I've only used this illustration one time in my past, but I'm going to use it again today. And uh, just bear with me. Don't think I've lost my mind. But I love Superman. I grew up with Superman. How many of you grew up with Superman? Yeah. Super, Superman is the superhero of heroes. These modern-day superheroes are nothing. They're nothing compared to Superman. Superman was the best 
Superman was the man of steel. Now, I tell you, I haven't watched Superman or read any of the comic books in 40 or 50 years. I hope they haven't corrupted him. But I'm telling you, back in my day, he was the man. He was Superman. He, he was good. Listen to this. Superman was good. Superman saved people. Superman was there in times of, uh, of difficulty and hardship. He saved the day. Superman was honorable. Superman was respectful. Superman was a gentleman. Oh, friends. Superman. Superman. Yeah. I realized about 10 or 15 years ago when the Lord first took me back to my childhood days that the whole comic book character of Superman can serve as an allegory for the Christian life. You see, Superman was good. Superman was strong. Superman was powerful. Superman was effective. Superman was a force for good in a world with a lot of evil. And by the way, doesn't that sound exactly like us, what we should be? Shouldn't, shouldn't we be good? Shouldn't we have a power that others don't have? Shouldn't we have a supernatural strength that comes from above? Shouldn't, shouldn't our lives bring glory to God and, and, and benefit the world around us? Oh, friends, when you look at Superman, that's what we're supposed to be. I want to tell you, if you are a child of God, you should be, it was God's intention for you to be, a Superman. I haven't forgotten you, ladies. God meant for you to be a superwoman. Guys, they got you beat. I'm telling you. A super teenager. You, you see, God meant for you to be a supernatural, living, walking, talking, infilled person who glorifies God. That's what God intended. You say, Pastor, I'm just not buying that. Read your Bible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That sounds pretty supernatural, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound pretty good? How about this? All. By the way, what does all mean? All means all, and all can't mean anything but all, right? That's right. All things are possible to those who believe. Wait, now we're getting into supernatural territory now, aren't we? How about this? If you have faith like a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and it will move. Don't stop reading there. And then it says, and nothing shall be impossible for you. This is about us. 
Have we learned to live on such a low level that when sin comes in, we don't even know what's happened because we should have been up here? Are you with me? Oh, I, I got to throw at least one more in there. <laughs> they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. See, one of the things I like about Superman is he can fly. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Child of God, you can fly. And I'm not talking about American Airlines either. You can fly. Spiritually, you can fly. You can defy the laws of gravity in the spirit realm. That's what God created you to be. And, and, and he created us to be more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. Oh, my goodness. Superman, superwoman, super teenager. I'm not making this up. I can very quickly tell you none of that will ever materialize until you come to the point where you guard your heart and your mind. Well, back to the story of Superman. I heard two people clap. This is a great message. <laughs> Did you see me wielding up here and you think, man, I better, I better cheer him up a little bit. There's one thing I haven't said about Superman. As good as he was, as powerful as he was, as strong as he was, there was something he couldn't be around. You remember? He couldn't be around kryptonite. He got around kryptonite. He lost all of his strength. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't even hardly walk. He couldn't hardly take care of himself, much less. You can see I really bought into this Superman story, can't you? Yeah. Child of God, listen to me. There's a lot of kryptonite in this world. There's a lot of kryptonite. There are some things that you, as an effective powerful, supernatural child of God, you can't even be around it or it will begin to take away your strength, your power, and your anointing. There's some things in this world that you can't touch. You have to avoid it and stay away from it. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I'll be a father to you, and you will be my sons and my daughters. Oh, friends, there are things we can't touch. It, it, it's time that, that we go back to understanding that living for God means that we have to come out of a worldly system. Oh, my goodness. You, you see, there are things that you cannot let into your head and into your heart without it having a devastating effect on you. And by the way, we're not just talking about young Christians. I'm talking about the oldest, most mature, the most faithful, the most dedicated Christian in the house. If you let garbage in, it's going to get in you. And the integrity of the output will be influenced by the integrity of the input. Oh, friends, kryptonite. Our word for it is sin, isn't it? We're to be separate. We're to be a holy people. We're to be sold out from the, to the Lord. Oh, listen. You get around some of the stuff that's in this world. 
I'm telling you. By the way, have, I haven't watched any of them, but I've seen some of the, um, uh, the trailers, the Disney channels. Listen, we just had a, a young, beautiful lady sit here and talk about being delivered from the bondage of homosexuality. Don't sit your children down in front of a Disney movie that highlights and glorifies homosexuality. We have a responsibility. And to guard our own minds and our own hearts. But our little ones, for heaven's sake, don't open your home up to the filth of the world. And indoctrinate your children in that. You see, there's some things, if you get around it, if I get around it, I don't care who you are. Nobody's strong enough to be around it. If you touch it, if you get involved in it, if you listen to it, if you party with it. Oh, friends, I'm telling you, your strength will begin to diminish. Oh, you will begin to wither. You'll begin to faint. You'll lose, your, you'll lose that supernatural touch that God meant for you to have. I'm going to tell you, if, if I don't say anything else in this message, I hope you won't forget this. God created you and he saved you for you to be a super natural being on planet earth. And why would you be supernatural? Because the supernatural one lives within us. He's in us. Oh, be careful, church. I'm, I'm just warning you. I tell you, this has been burning in my heart. I'm, I'm just telling you, there are things in this world that will steal your anointing. There are things in this world that will take away your power. There are things in this world that will ruin your witness and your testimony. And there are things in this world that will take every ounce of joy that you've ever had. It'll take it away from you. It'll take it away from you. So I'm just telling you today, as I stand before you, that God wants a church full of supernatural people. Super, super men, super women, super teenagers. But we've got to pay the price, and that price is, and by the way, it's not a bad price. Let me tell you, cut your television set off, cut your computer off, cut your phone off for a month, and don't watch any of that stuff except golf. <laughs> There's a tournament on this afternoon, and I didn't want... Turn all that garbage off. Turn it off for two weeks or a month. And I want to tell you, tell me that you don't feel better. You'll start feeling clean. You'll start feeling excited. And now when you read your Bible, you're not battling against the filth that you're pouring in at the same time. And the word of God will come alive. Oh, it'll get exciting. I'm telling you, friends, God's got something better for you. He's got supernatural work, supernatural activities. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Oh, friends, you don't want anything entering your head and heart that interrupts that foreordained plan that God has for your life. Pray with me.
Heavenly Father, I want to thank you this day for Stephanie and her testimony. Thank you for the way you used it here today, and I thank you for the way you're going to use it in the days to come. And Father, while we have a tendency to look at someone else's sin and think that's worse than my sin, we know that's wrong. That sin is like kryptonite. It defeats us. It depletes us. It wears us down. Father, I ask that you would sink this message into the hearts of your people. And I pray, Father, that there will be a huge shift today. I pray that there will be those who will say, no, I'm dead to that. I'm passing this test. I'm not going to keep putting in my head and heart the things of this world. Lord, I know you called your church to be a a holy and spotless bride. Lord, I believe as the pastor of this church, you put it in my heart, I believe some amazing and powerful and supernatural things are about to happen in this church. Would you get us ready? Lord, right now, would you get us ready as a body? Would you cleanse us? Would you help us to take a stand? Oh, Father. Father, please do a work. Now, Lord, I I know we're all different. And I know that what I struggle with, somebody else may not struggle with. But, Father, I pray right now that the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal things to people all over this house. And I pray today will be a benchmark day. For we say no more. Thus far and no more. This is where I draw the line. We're going to clean things up. And we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, bless today. And I pray you'll sink this message in the hearts of your people so that we never forget it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also want to encourage you to check out River of Life this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions. Music